Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for joining us on the That's Rather Cavalier podcast. Before we get to it, make sure you follow us wherever you get your audio podcast. Just search FFSN That's Rather Cavalier. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Also, check out our cast shorts on the Noidals YouTube channel. Now let's get to it. everybody doing it's time for another episode of that's rather cavaliers you know we got the og uncle tate how you feeling really what's good little nephew man how you doing i'm doing fantastic you know this week has been pretty gloomy you know what i mean at least in ohio it's been like just rainy sad depression weather but today we get to talk weather weather weather, weather weather affects your mood not really I actually kind of like the rain, but everybody Why else. Why you say what's depressing me? <laughs> because because you know how well if you the people in Ohio once they get the rain or anybody that knows <laughs> when it's any sort of weather change, the people get the they get the tweaking, especially driving wise. You know, especially in Cleveland. Even though okay. we don't really we don't really care about the uh, the uh, the miles per hour sign, that's irrelevant in Cleveland. Right. Free right. for all. <laughs> going, going, go, going on the eighty. Oh, oh yeah! I came back home. I swear the sun said fifty. I'm, I'm bumped it up to sixty, and even the, uh, the big trucks was was going past me. I'm like, sheesh. sheesh hey, I gotta get, in the, get out the way. <laughs> speaking, speaking of, speaking of the weather and driving and stuff like that, man. How about Kobe Altman, man? But first, go ahead and get get your intro <laughs> to the show. I know I know you're gonna get into it. You know, I'm glad you did that too because we do got a lot of good stuff coming on. Because I got to pick GM Tate's brain. You know, this is one of those sessions where I really got to take a step back and really listen to what you got to say, what you thinking. Because we do, like you said, we got Kobe Altman with the issues he's having. Also, we got to get Uncle Tate's top five uh, Cavs expectations. With that being said, we do got to get your now and nevers. And then we're going to end up with Tate's expectations in terms of what the Cavs need to do. But like you said, I do want to start off with Kobe Altman because Kobe Altman, as we all know, has gotten in a little bit of trouble. (laughs) A little bit of trouble with him being a little intoxicated while driving. Got pulled over. He got arrested. But I really wanted to know how you felt about it, right? Like, how did you think? Kobe Altman set the tone for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, well, you know, this happened on September 15th, and we've had a couple couple short episodes just talking about it, in, uh, informing the 
the fans and, and the listeners of our of our podcast about it. But now, I guess we digging a little more deep into it. And you actually sent me uh, video from the Ohio <laughs> Highway Patrol uh, dashboard cam that I hadn't seen before. Man, they got Kobe out there looking bad, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he got himself looking bad, right? I mean, if he was speeding like the officer said, which I'm sure he was, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. You can't be in those positions, prestigious positions, where not only not only the fans look at you, you know, but your players look at you, organization looks at you around the NBA. I mean, Kobe Altman is a African American general manager. President of basketball operations is what he is. President of basketball operations. Mm-hmm. And he tried to name drop himself with the officer. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I work for the Cavs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I swear I'm president of that basketball operation. <laughs> I guess the officer didn't act didn't, acted like he didn't know him. I mean, maybe he didn't. But yeah, man, it's a bad look. I don't know. Do you know what his uh, blood alcohol content was? So far, they haven't said. Well, at least I haven't seen it. I yeah. think that's that's that's. I think that's the part where they're trying to like kind of have under the rug until they really get it. Well, the situation essentially is over. But right. from well, what I'm saying, I haven't seen it. If it's close to the legal limit, then it's it's bad, but it's not as bad. If he like two times over the legal limit, like he out there wasted just in yeah. the I-80. Yeah. That's not good, Kobe. Yeah, not good. So getting, you know what? Media day is Monday, October the second. So I'm sure mm-hmm. he's going to answer questions about that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get real spicy. I'm about to say with you. I mean, like, not you know, now that you seen that that video of like Kobe Altman, like, because he looked bad. Like he, like, it's no way around it. He he was for he was drunk. Like us as Cavs fans. Like, should we be mad at Kobe Altman? Like, you know, I understand people, we're not perfect, but, like, with that situation being where, like you say, he's the president of operation. Like, he's not a regular person. Like, should we be critical of, of bro? I don't know how how critical we be. It's up to, it's up to every individual person, right? I mean, I can... Not be more, I can be less critical than somebody else. You know what I mean? I mean, today's day and age is a little more of a of a black eye, a bad thing because it's Ubers and lifts and all that stuff. <laughs> like I, I mean, I, I I had a I had a DUI. I was I I got underage underage consumption and DUI. I was only twenty, and I got pulled over, and I you know I, I got that. But this this was. This was 30, 30 years ago, man. You know what I mean? So no Ubers, no lifts. <laughs> Cell phones weren't really prominent to call a ride. Not, not making excuses. I'm just saying now, come on, Kobe. So many different, so many, so, so many different options to not have to do that. Mm. And I'm gonna say, with that being said, though, like, because I'm gonna be devil advocate, right? Because I do believe he's a human being. Like, nobody got hurt, luckily. He ended up being safe. Everybody else on the road was ended up being safe, which is a blessing by itself. But someone might say, hey, 
you know, <laughs> if they were with Ja Morant or the players, they would get punished. So do you think right now with Kobe Altman, should he be getting punished in some way? And if so, how would you punish him? Uh, I think it has to be some type of punishment and stance taken by the league. I think Adam Silver has to do something. I mean, otherwise he'll look hypocritical as far as the players are concerned, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you got to hold everybody under that NBA logo to the same accountability of protecting and guarding that logo, you know? So I could see Kobe Altman getting a 10-game suspension. Like, literally, you can't show up to the first 10 games of your team season. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know what the punishment would be, what Adam Silver might might uh, levy, but it needs to be something just to, just to keep the integrity and fairness where it looks like, you know, players, uh, front office, owners, everybody's getting treated the same. Okay. I respect it. Now... I wanted to also bump it up another gear, right? Because I do want to emphasize this show of being GM Tate, right? Like, I really do want GM Tate. Let's say Kobe Altman is out the chair. You got to run the show. You got to be the one that's courtside. You got to be the one that's really evaluating the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now we back to you. Hey, man, you're going you're gonna to pick my brain on this and Kobe in <laughs> trouble, man. You're going to cost Kobe a job. Dan oh. Gilbert going to be giving me a call. Hey, it might get to that. You might have to. <laughs> you might have to. I'm going to say right now, Uncle Tate, what is your top five Cleveland Cavaliers expectations? Right? Because you've seen, you know, we're close to media day. We got the rumors. We got big trades that's changing how we're looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers with that Dame trade. Drew Holiday might get traded and might shake some things up. But for you, what is top five expectations for the Cavs for you? Uh, My first expectation, my top expectation would be whatever the regular season looks like would be for them to advance to the second round and play in the competitive second round, right? Because, I mean, they could be in the second round against – it would have to be unless they play each other. Boston or Milwaukee. So, I mean, if they lost one of those series in the competitive series in the second round, I would be okay. They make it to the second round, don't have to play Boston or Milwaukee. They they can skate those for for the second round. I expect them to go to Eastern Conference Finals. Uh Uh-huh. I expect... I expect uh, J.B. Bickerstaff to have a better rotation. Mm. You know, um mm. not and Chetty's gone, but I'm not wasting minutes with guys like Chetty, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um I expect better shooting. Mm. Which will open up the floor and, you know, just allow the offense to be more free flowing. I think I think you you want to pick up the pace. You know, the Cavs offense was stagnant last year, and part of that is because they played two bigs, and that really doesn't allow the floor to be opening and just like, you know, a lot of free-flowing movement because it's so congested because you're playing uh, two non-shooting bigs. 
but uh so i'm gonna say is there any two honestly to that to your point with shooting like is there any players that you're looking to have like crucial moments in the season like i'm assuming max Drews. maybe it's not max Drews for you but like who do you kind of want to see jb bigger say hey i'm gonna pitch you out there light it up or at the very least put enough fear in the defense to where they can't you know double like a don or a darius garland or somebody of that nature um I mean, I have expectations for Max Struess just because of the money, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to come earn your bag, Max. I need you to come in shooting at least 38% from three. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not going to put any averages on you because I don't know what, what Donovan, Darius, and Evan might do. So I'm not expecting, you know, I just expect you to hit open threes and try your hardest on defense to earn that, earn that what, 16 million a year. Mm-hmm. So we got Tate's three expectations for you. Looking like we still got two more for him. You know, GM Tate is cooking up. One with the advance to the second round, which I do think that's that's a really good expectation. JB having better rotations, which I think a lot of us is expecting JB and then better shooting. And you still got two more. Still got two more for... GM Tate's expectations. Oh, you muted too. My bad. That's not five. No, that's that's uh no, that's three. Just three. Man, I said okay. Let me just, <laughs> let me just give you a couple more. I expect a, a, a nice uptick from Darius Garland and Evan Mobley both. That's an expectation this year. <laughs> That's my expectation. Fair. And if I had to give you one more, I'm I'm going to my expectation is that Jared Allen comes out and plays real hard. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that he needs to. I'm not my expectation that he does because I think he after all this offseason and all the talk, and I'm one of the people that's been talking about him. He knows how that look, man. And I think he's gonna come out and give maximum effort on a night in, night out basis. And that's going to make the Cavs better. So, and this is this is not even something I've even sent you. I'm just actually I just thought of this like with with Jared Allen because maybe I'm a little naive to it, and I'm I'm more than likely am. Like outside of that, right? What's that? What's that? Like when I say that, like really the mental game with Jared Allen because I really think that's what it is. His personality because I feel like a lot of that. It's not truly who he is as a player. Yeah, he's just a nice um, guy. Yeah, which is, you know, you you going to have that on a basketball team. There's yeah, nothing wrong with being a nice guy. Man. Yeah, it's just you don't want that as your center usually <laughs> because that's the you guy that's, you know. You don't, you don't want that as your defensive anchor, right? I mean, you think about defensive anchors, you think about Marcus Smart, Draymond Green. You think <laughs> yeah. about Kevin Garnett when he was in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you think about defensive anchors, when that's your role on the team, you have that mentality. We can go P.J. Tucker. You know what I mean? You go Bam out of bio. It's a mentality that defensive anchors for any team, especially championship-level teams, have to bring to the team. 
Now I would ask you then that this then like if let's say Jared Jared Allen does not he don't gain that he just don't do that you know he just he can't break out of his personality. Well, yeah. Is there anything else he could really do to like like if he improved this one maybe that one's not that bad or you think it, it gotta be? Well, it gotta I don't be know. That. I don't know if you can change your mentality. We kind of grow and develop into what our mentalities are. I mean, it's part of your it's part of your personality, right? Mm-hmm. I think what Jared Allen can do because he can't change that is at all times on the court give 100% maximum effort. Become a hustle guy. You know what I mean? You can become a hustle guy and not and not have that not have that that mentality that we talking about. You know what I mean? I think if he just ramps that up his hustle Going after all the loose balls and, you know, going after every shot block, you know, just just be that guy. You don't got to do it with a mean streak. Uh-huh. Just do it. Just do it with effort streak. Huh. And give me. Give me 75 percent from the free throw line. 75 mm. percent. That's I think that's something he could do. That's okay. achievable. That gotta be a that's that's achievable for him. <laughs> I, I, I think so. Like you know, I, I was gonna like push back. I think that's achievable for him, right? Also, well, actually, you know what? Before I even jump onto that next topic, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. You know, we're gonna pay some bills, so we're gonna take a moment, get that all away, and we be right back with a, with some more content for that's rather Cavaliers. And we're back on That's Rather Cavaliers. Uncle Tate, GM Tate, has been giving us his side on how he would handle the Cleveland Cavaliers so far. He's given us his take on Kobe Altman's prior situation. He's given us his take on what he expects from the Cleveland Cavaliers. And a lot of it does make sense. I'm not going to lie to you, especially with the Jared Allen 75%. That, that seems like something that's doable. But then I also wanted to play a little game with you. <laughs> You know, it might need a little work on the title, but for now, I think we kind of get the gist. This is going to be called Now or Never, right? Now is something you think is achievable. This is real deal. This is realistic. And then never is something you just think, this might not happen. This might not be the year for this player to really be that, right? So I want to start you off with this one because we have been touching on this a little bit. Do you think Jared Allen will play tough-minded this season. Time is now. If he don't do it now and show something in that in that in that area of his game, he gonna be trade bait, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you think Isaac Curl this season could shoot forty percent from three? The see, I know that's 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 steep since I think he shot what 36%, 35% from three point last season, and this was his best three point shooting season. But do you think 40% is something he can do now? Never, or is this the season he's shooting 40? Never really. <laughs> I mean, 
Isaac Okoro's shooting mechanics and and it just is his his shooting style is not conducive to shooting 40%. If we can get him consistently at 35%, I think that's a win. But never 40, man. You think that's too steep? That is that's, that is a that is a lethal shooting percent, but hey, you know. <laughs> that's too steep. We expect Max Struce to shoot 40. That's what he's getting his money for. for sure. If Isaac and Coral can shoot 35 and play good defense and come in off the bench, we'll live with that one. <laughs> then now and never on this one. Evan Mobley will win defensive player of the year. Oh, that's a tough one, man. They've been lately. There's been a lot of talk about wings, wing players not getting defensive player of the year awards, and they guard the toughest people. You know what I mean? They've been like guys just getting DPOYs for block shots and rebounds when they out on the perimeter guarding guys. So I think it's going to be some some bias towards that. I'm not saying who'll get it. I don't know. But if, if, if it's between, like, the guys it was last year, Evan Mobley has a good chance because I think he got third, right? Yeah. Behind Jaron Jer, Jackson won it. Won it, yep. And then, uh, shoot, it was another player. No, or maybe he was second. Well, yeah. So I think but he, he was in the runner yet. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think he gets better defensively, though, just because he's maturing, getting older, getting stronger having a better understanding of the game. The one place that he will lack defensively is he doesn't seem to be that backline communicator, though, because it's not his personality, right? You know what I mean? I mean, like, great defenders, and we mentioned some just a minute ago, Marcus Smart, Draymond Green, you know what I mean, Kevin Garnett when he was playing. Those guys are communicators. They're, they're, They're quarterbacks of the defense call out pick say hey you know watch 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 pick on your left pick on your right you know you know you you call different things out and i don't hear evan mobley seeming to be that vocal yet i respect that so, so my answer would be now go for it now why not evan i'm not gonna say never because i know you're capable <laughs> yeah. i just think there's a few things you need to work on to be even a better defender. I mean, think about it. You can you got things to work on, and you got second or third place in DPOI. Mm-hmm. So that just yeah, that do show the untrapped potential of right. bro. Like he can really be because for a big, he's a great not only a inside defender, he's a good on ball defender. Like he's he's shocked a lot of guards because they usually. How it works, you set a screen, you get the big, and usually you can break them off. But Evan Mobley, not only does he got the length to contest your shot if you're like a Damian Lillard who's going to do step back or you're going to shoot far, but if you're dribbling a lot, he's going to stay attached with you. Like, he's he has the IQ, he got the, the smartness, he got the toughness, and he's just a great defender. But then, want to hit you with another now or never. Now or never. J.B. Bickerstaff. Gets fired before the All Star break. I think uh, I don't think JB would get fired, man. I say never, not this year. I think they give him the year. He got a lot to prove, but I think they give him the entire year to see 
how the team goes throughout the season, how he does with his rotations, if the offense is more dynamic and more uh, free-flowing than it has been over the past couple years, and how he does in the playoffs. So never for him getting fired during the season. Okay. Now or never. Donovan Mitchell would get traded this season. Mm, it's a higher likelihood of that than it is JB getting fired. <laughs> um, now or never. I'm going to say now, man. I mean, I like Donovan Mitchell a lot. But we gave up a lot to get him. If he don't, if he don't re-sign, stay in Cleveland, we lose everything we gave to get him and him, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm of the belief you don't let Donovan Mitchell hold the franchise hostage. And he's not doing anything that he doesn't have a right to do. Mm. He's a player under contract with a player option. He can do, he can do all those things. He's not... He's not a bad, bad person or anything like that because that's how he looks at it. But you got to look at your investments too. And you got to think about it in the in the in the point that Darius Garland's gonna make a a leap. Evan Mobley's gonna make a leap. And you could put Karis Levert in the two guard and not get the same Mitchell production. But who knows what you bring back for Mitchell, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm saying now if you if you're gonna trade them, don't don't wait around till next year at the trade deadline because you lose all leverage because he's out he's out of contract at the end of next season. Mm-hmm. The team won't be willing to give up as much knowing that they only controlling for the last half of the season or one year. However, they they trade him at the beginning of the season is one year. Next year, if they trade him at trade deadline next year is half a year. Mm-hmm. So I think you got to just. Go all in on, on your young players you have now. You got to you pay Garland, you want to pay Mobley. If you can get Mitchell off the books and get a couple picks and a couple solid role players, I think the cash still be all right. Okay, now or never, the Cavs will be above 500 after their first 20 games this season. Yeah, of course, they'll be above 500. I mean, they should be above 500 all year. I mean, they're, they're I mean, 500. I mean, they just finished 51 and 31. That's 20 games above 500. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah. So they'll definitely be above 500 unless they lose like the first game or second game. Then you, of course, you're under 500. But you said at the halfway point of the season, right? Mm, well, yep. Well, 20 games. That's what? Oh, 20, 20 games. Yeah, so that's the fourth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, through 20 games, I was expecting to be 14 and 6 at worst. That's way above 500. Yeah, okay. They shouldn't, they shouldn't lose more than five or six out of their first 20 games. And if they do, then yeah, JB might be down. <laughs> yeah, he might get up out of here. Yeah, they already for sure. Because I agree with you, the Cavs' expectations is through the roof. We're supposed to be third best team in the Eastern Conference, maybe fourth. Because, like, I know you say over and over the Knicks did punk us, so we do got to give them respect for it. So, but even still, being the fourth best team in the East is a pretty good feat when you look at the Eastern Conference. Like, the Eastern Conference is no joke. 
these past couple seasons. Um, so the Cavs, like you said, we won 50 games. We can only go up from that. But then, two, on our last topic, because, like I said, this day is GM Tate's day. This is Uncle Tate because we're picking his brain. We got to get what he feels on how he would change the trajectory of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Then I ask you, GM Tate, once again, you see everything that's happened on the Cavs. You hear all the rumors, the murmurs, all the pieces that's moving from team to team. And you say, all right, I got to do something here to really get the Cavs respected, not only in the Eastern Conference, but in the NBA. What change would you make that would pit or position the Cavs really to be a team that's respected in the NBA? If I'm going for it right now? Mm-hmm. Or even position it for within the next two years, two, three well, years. Well, there's a difference. Next two, three years, I still got Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. So I'm, 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 that, that, that's always my safe place, right? To know I have those guys long-term. But in the in the moment, I'm trying to get Donovan Mitchell to stay around too, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two different ways. To look at those. Those are two different avenues that I'm trying to. I would have to travel down. If I'm going for it right now, uh, things that are possible, actual, realistic, possible things. I trade for Buddy Hill, man. I bring in Buddy Hill. Never gonna have too much shooting. I uh, get off Evan Mobley, and maybe I bring in a guy like uh, Boogie, Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins. Oh, so you going to unload Evan? Ooh. No, no, no. I'm unloading Jared Allen. Oh, I don't know why I heard Evan. But okay. I heard Evan Mobley. That's like, whoa. Maybe okay. I did say Evan, but no, that I already said. <laughs> that's my face on my face Okay. Jared Allen. Okay. So yeah, I think that makes the Cavs more dynamic. You got a, you got a five that can handle and play in the post and shoot. And then, then you just let Evan Mobley, just you know, be a rim runner off. No offensive responsibilities really. You know what I mean? He can be kind of like a, a, a hub. If you get the rebound, he can push off the dribble himself. Mm-hmm. I like that for Evan Mobley. If you got a guy like Boogie Cousins, then you got you just add another guy like Buddy Hill. Now you got. Buddy Hill, Max Struess, George Niang, Evan Mobley. I mean, not Evan Mobley. I mean, there's Garland, Donovan Mitchell. You got shooters everywhere, man. And in today's game, it's pace and shooting, right? Pace and space. Shooting. I think that makes the Cavs better. And those are two realistic, realistic, literally realistic moves. Buddy Hill's on the trade market. Boogie Cousins is a free agent that I could do to make this team better right now. Mm Mm-hmm. So, with everything being said, because that's all the questions I have for GM Tate for today. But before I hand it back over to you, Uncle Tate, I do want to plug in That's Rather Cavaliers, you feel me? Because everybody that's watching today's or listening to today's podcast, you know. I See, I got to change my verbiage. We're working on it, Uncle Tate. You know, it might <laughs> take me a little bit, but. Everybody that's listening, I need you to do me a favor, right? I need you to share this podcast because the Cleveland Cavaliers season is approaching us. And it's a lot of people 
that don't have good, amazing Cleveland Cavalier content to listen to. And we're here. So I need you to share it to two to three people that has never listened to That's Rather Cavaliers. Because when this season starts, oh, it's up for us. But I'm going to tell you what, you what you got next for us, man. Man, I'm with you, Rally, man. Everybody in the 216 land, man. Everybody in the land. Everybody on the east side. Everybody on the west side. All Cleveland. Cleveland Cavalier fans in general. Let everybody know about this podcast, man. It's 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 me, Uncle Tate, the little fella nephew, Relly Hall. Big G ain't been with us in a few episodes, but he's still out there. And we working on a fourth person. Uh, we had some people come in and out, but you know we nail it down. But we're just trying to give you amazing Cleveland Cleveland Cavalier content. This gonna be a great season. We have a lot of expectations, and we're just looking forward to it, man. And shout out to the to the homie mod in the in the background doing all the producing. Any beats you hear is from is from mod victorious victorious fifty two. So, you know, we really appreciate him with the production side of things. And, you know, we just love talking Cleveland Cav- Cavalier basketball. We took we took a passion of the passion of being Cavs fans, loving the Cavs, and trying to turn it into information for you with this podcast. So, you know, just rock with us. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Like, subscribe, follow. Look for Fans First Sports Network. That's rather Cavalier on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your audio podcast. That being said, really, that's it for me. Take us home. All right. I want to thank y'all again for watching the show, listening to the show. I got to work on that. But thank everybody for listening to the show. I'd like to tell y'all, peace out.